diving into today's episode of Agency Journey, let me tell you real quickly about our sponsor, Aribi. Aribi is a super cool on-one marketing analytics tool. They've got Google Analytics squarely in their sites right now. And I can remember setting up Google Analytics as a sophomore in college and thinking this was just the coolest platform. And as it's matured, it's still super powerful, but it's become so complex to deal with. And Aribi has a value prop totally aside from this. But what I absolutely love about my experience plugging Aribi into Zenpilot.com is I didn't have to mess around with setting up what events I wanted to capture and tracking all my changes. And if I messed up a view, then it would, it would delete all the data that I had. I just plugged it in, it crawled, it captured all, our, all of our events, made it super easy to see our funnel. And it just works at living. You'll see, for example, how many people read the definitive guide to click up for agencies, a blog post that I wrote, I don't know, six months ago. See where those folks come from, how that influences the buying process, the funnel, the way that it works out. So super excited to have a Rebe as a sponsor. You can check it out. Go to aribi.io slash agency journey. It's all one word. If you spin up a free trial there, use the coupon code agency journey. Same thing, all one word. That'll give you 20% off any plan, which is super generous of them. And remember, they can track all of our conversions. So, so check them out. Um, that's aribi.io. We appreciate their sponsorship. Let's get on with the episode. All right. Welcome into another episode of Agency Journey. I'm Gray McKenzie here from Zen Pilot. I'm really excited to have Jeremy Wise, Dr. Jeremy Wise from Rise 25 on the podcast. Jeremy, thanks for joining me today. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. So this is, it's been fun to get to know you a little bit more over uh, the past probably six months or so since we initially connected, but we share a couple of clients um, and you guys are in the podcasting space. Is it fair to call you like a done for you, mostly podcast provider? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, fully done for you. I mean, even the, the fact of um, sometimes we even host people's shows for them. So, I mean, it's totally hands off. What, what started? So you guys will do everything from finding the guests, booking the guests, getting them in, doing a, the interview itself, doing the post-production, doing the promotion, the whole. And obviously, I'd assume there's the show setup part as well that you guys are doing. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of like... I, if you compare it to Zen Pilot, it's like the one of the most important pieces is the strategy, the foundational strategy of why are you doing the podcast? How do you set up the podcast? What kind of guests do you have on the podcast before? Because people, you know, anyone could hit record and post something online, right? But setting it up, just like anyone could probably sign up for ClickUp and create a board, but are they going to do it properly? That's going to make sense for their business. And so, the, the first part of everything is the strategy, making sure it's on point. And then we do ongoing, just like you do, like support and strategy, because there's always optimization to be done. I mean, when are we not, you know, trying to nurture and give to our relationships in our business? Like it's an ongoing process. And so we feel like, I feel like I've been podcasting for over a decade and helping podcasts for over a decade. It's the last thing I would ever stop doing because it's a way that I can give to my relationships and, you know, and just profile them uh, like you, like you do as well. And so with that comes the, um, the strategy piece, but then the execution piece, which is like, okay, as a business owner, in my opinion, you know, you should be building relationships and running your business and not doing anything else. So in our process, it's very simple. It's like we create a portal for someone to upload the file, like after they're done with using Zoom, 
And people ask about technology setup, which we can always get into right. because people like to hear, like they ask questions like, what microphone do I use? How do I get downloads and subscribers? Like those are the common questions. Like we can answer that in 30 seconds, right? This is uh, Blue Yeti. I think I've had this for about 10 years. I have a one over there. Uh, and this is like, you know, $100, $120. And then it's a USB mic. You plug it in the computer, it's done. Um, and then I have an ATR2100 over there, which is like $70. It works great plug it in there in your computer. And, and I used to use Skype like years ago with Ecamm call recorder. And now Zoom is just so easy. Everyone's on Zoom. We're on Zoom. So you could literally just use Zoom. So you, you know, the, the process is very simple. They upload that folder or that file, get it to us, and then they're done. So we basically take it and do all of the writing. We have developers that go into the, someone's website to post it. We distributed it across all the channels. And the key point is, we were talking about this before we hit record, is um, making people, you making your guest aware that it's live, making people aware that it's out there is key. Like people drop the ball. It's like they're on the one yard line and they're like, they never even, some people never even form the guest it's live or give them an asset for them to make it easy for them to share, you know, so. Where did the, so I want to come back to that in a second, but where did hosting podcasts come from? Was that something you guys wanted to do because you love it so much? Or I'm, I would assume that maybe came from clients. Yeah. I mean, listen, it, it's recommended. So when we are working with someone, one of the things, and, and I could talk about this, there's, I consider those kind of five types of, of episodes when you're looking at content for your, for your podcast. Okay. There's one of them is thought leadership episodes. So your internal thought leadership, which is not external guests. Right. What I find with thought leadership, like you can, you know, right, you could turn the mic on and start talking about, you know, how to have a smooth onboarding process and everything. But the thing is, it's more engaging to have a conversation. So when we're working with clients, we actually interview them for the thought leadership episode. So we map out and of course, we've, we've helped people create hundreds of courses. So, you know, there's clients that we will record with and they end up turning that into a course or even turning that into a book or something like that. So we want to structure the thought leadership piece. So we will be the guest interviewer. Right. So we're not hosting the show for those pieces. For, so those are the thought leadership kind of types of episodes. You know, it's important. Because then you you have a lot of good webinars out there and it shows your authority expertise and people can learn from you and get value from you before they even talk to you. So it's it's really powerful. And then the other pieces are, you know, having on potential referral partners, just relationships that you wanna really give to and, and you people you admire, companies you admire. Like that's why I had you on, because I really love what you guys are doing in um you know with zen pilot and helping agencies and so you could have referral partners collaboration partners you could have you could profile your clients you could profile potential clients you know you could profile other authorities in the space who are speakers authors um and maybe they have, have communities of people that would you know get value from your expertise um and so under those ones external interviews yeah like it's not I recommend someone from their team is hosting their show, obviously, yes, because they're building the relationship. Um, but there are people like, listen, Jeremy, you guys have done thousands of interviews. I don't even want to show up. Uh, you know, you handle it. And then in that case, 
we will, you know, that's not the norm, I would say. Maybe it's like 10% of cases where, you know, we will actually be the host of their show as well. And, right. and then we just, you know, pass that relationship back off to the, the company, go, hey, you know, you guys chat about XYZ from right. the interview. So that's interesting. That um it seemed strange to me at first. And then I was like, oh yeah, I guess that like it, it's a huge time savings. But and uh, if you think of TV shows, great, you know, like they all have different hosts. There's different hosts on the new I mean, it's not like the the head of NBC is like hosting these right. different channels. I mean, so it's done in other mediums as well. It's just not as common in the podcast. In in the podcasting. Yeah. For sure. So we've got a couple of uh, shared clients who are agencies, obviously that's who we work with. You work with all kinds of, um, of folks. What, and maybe feel free to, uh, talk through what percentage of your client base is kind of an agency space, but what are the things that agencies, so if you're mapping out, what's the most common strategy is the short way of the question that I'm trying to get to for, is it primarily that we're bringing on our target prospects? Or we're trying to bring on the influencers of those podcasts if you had to start one place for an agency? Yeah. So there's a long-term and short-term approach, right? So um, one, you know, a way to give to your current, sometimes we go to the new and shiny. I want to have this huge authority in the space. And we, so I break it up into warm and cold, right? And so what I think a mistake people make is they kind of chase these newer, shinier maybe bigger name people in an industry. And we have some amazing relationships. So why not just feature the, your, the people you know and the people who know, like, and trust you. So featuring current clients, you know, I, I basically feature my, our clients all the time on the podcast and I get to profile what they're working on. And I get to also, it helps me just ask more, ask more questions and learn more about their business. So I think, you know, having your current clients on. Right. You know, and obviously they're going to be on like, oh my God, it was amazing to work with Gray, like the onboarding. I mean, I, I was interviewing someone the other day and I didn't ask them to say anything nice about me, but like, oh my God, the onboarding was so smooth. It's been great working with you. I'm like, yeah, thank you. And this was all, it's on the podcast. So it's, you know, again, the podcast is all about their story and them, not about me. Um, but to answer your question, Low hanging fruit is like, why not have clients, clients with yeah. you? Or clients you know? intermixed in there. Yeah. And, and then the, so do you have, um, you're saying, do you have uh, partners, potential clients, authorities? So like for me, I prefer like a longer term approach is to have like my favorite people, collaboration partners, strategic right. partners, collaboration right. partners on, because it's a two way street. People when they think about this and we are looking at our, our list of guests and maybe let's say like 60% of them, let's say have referred us someone or have become a client. But on the flip side of that, probably, you know, 50% of our clients, we become their client and we refer them clients. Right. So because, I mean, that's what a collaboration is. Like we refer people to them. So, you know, you think about it, you know, there's people in their mind. And, and by the way, it's table stakes that the, the content is going to be good, right? Because if you have people, experts in your industry on, they're going to know what they're talking about. You have someone who's been in the industry, like agency industry for 10 years, they're going to know 
what to do. Like, you know, I know as you had Joey Gilkey on, who's a mutual friend. And, and again, like he's been in the space a long time. He knows a lot of people. He also is a master at sales. So he's going to produce great content, but he also probably knows people who should be doing ClickUp integrations. Right. You know, so it's just, it's like this, when you think of that kind of Venn diagram thing, it's, you know, you have a great collaboration partner. Okay. And that person, that person, the collaboration partner for you may also become a client. Like Joey, for, for all I know, is thinking about doing ClickUp and he could become a client of ZenPilot. And then the third piece is amazing content, right? And he's going to be able, because he's been in the space so long, he's going to be able to give some tips on how do you close more sales or training salespeople or whatever it is. Right. Right. You know? Yeah. That makes sense. So I go for the longer term approach. Is, yeah. You know, which is you can have potential clients on. I mean, I had someone um, a couple months ago say, Jeremy, this person wants to start a podcast. You should talk to him. And I go, hey, let's not even have that conversation. Let's, why don't you just, they were amazing entrepreneur. And I go, let me just have them on the podcast. Like, forget about, so it's almost like, I don't know if you, it, it's, it's, I don't know if it's like dating. It's like, let's say you're, you're dating and a girl wants to, you know, you know, kiss you or something like that. Right. And then you back off. You're like, listen, no, let, let's take it slow. Let's take it slow. And let me take you on another like fine dining date. And so just taking it slow and, and delivering value first. And so I go, yeah, just have them on. Just don't worry about the sale. You know, I, totally. We'll talk about that after the podcast. So I was able to, so that's in the case of a potential client. And that was even an incoming referral. And I just took a step back and said, let me deliver value to you before we even, I know you're even interested in it. Yep. Let's do that. And then we can have that conversation afterwards. So you can definitely have potential clients on um, yeah. as well. That makes sense. So what's kind of going through my head is I'm thinking of the person who's listening, who's either thought about starting a podcast or, Hey, that might be a, you know, obviously if someone's still tuned in, they're probably considering it or they already have a podcast. And yeah. so some of this is just kind of a, okay, if I have a podcast right now, but there's things I need to rethink internally for us, um, I'm just finishing up revamping our podcast processes so that we actually get consistent with the podcast and it's not on me to, to do the production and any of that stuff. Um, and yeah, it's so not a good use of your time. It, it's, not, it's not the best use of my, of my time. To, uh, I, I like it. You know, it's not that I don't enjoy doing the work for it, but yeah, it's not the best, best place for me to, to spend my time. So um, the reason I ask about strategy, where do you start there? What, how do you approach it is maybe, th maybe there's a place in this space for more internal thought leadership versus guest-based interviews, or maybe we should rethink how we're doing guests. Is there any mix that you have or that you would recommend to most people as far as one out of every four episodes? I'm sure there's no science. I mean, there, may, there may be a science to this. There's probably science to more things than we realize, but one out of every four episodes you should do uh, an internal like thought leadership piece or yeah. the podcast really isn't the place for that. People come here because they expect interviews. And so keep it consistent. That's a good question. I think <clears throat> some people go on both ends of the spectrum. Like there's ones I've seen that all of their, almost all of them are just their thought leadership. And I've right, seen the so. opposite where none of them are. We try and do about one a week. I mean, again, like we're not normal in the sense of you know, we have two pot. So John, my corporate business partner has also been podcasting for over 10 years. So 
He puts out two to three episodes a week. I put out two to three episodes a week. So as a company, we probably, you know, we put out four to six episodes per week. Okay. So when I say we do one, some people only do one a week. Some people only do one a month, right? Which I recommend doing at least one a week. But we um, probably every week, I would say on average do, so it's about 25%. You know, um, so it's like one a week is a thought leadership piece. I think I think that's helpful. I think that's one thing that uh, Andrew and I have kicked around is I mean, we do very little of our own. We've got a lot of good stuff kind of cooking up that we should probably be sharing back in a yeah. more active way than some of that's on the blog. Um, I would I would encourage people like, center. listen, the way we do it, because guess you're busy. And then probably by the time you guys are doing your separate things, by the time you come together and talk, you have probably have 150 things that you need to discuss. And we found it's, it's very simple. It's like we just schedule a block, an ongoing block, the same hour every single week. And we know that, you know, it's an hour. So the podcast will be 30 minutes. Um, and we know we will have a buffer time to discuss whatever we discuss. But even if you go, oh, you know, John, I have something really important. We got to go. It's like, no, this is blocked off for this episode. After we're done with this, we can talk about this. So it's just, you have to be disciplined about it. Um, and then you show up and you have to, it's already blocked out. You know, it doesn't matter. Right. All right. I'm going to ask you two questions that you're going to hate me for, because (laughs) this is impossible to answer. Uh, I've heard this question a handful of times though. Like what is good for, and people are thinking about metrics. So I'm launching a podcast and three mm. months into it, everyone's frustrated. I'm at 90 downloads an episode right now, <laughs> which is in reality, probably beyond where most podcasts are at, at three months. in, if people are just organically, if you just take the average podcast off the shelf, um, do yeah. you have any benchmarks? If you're looking at it and you're saying, and obviously downloads is not the ultimate, that's not the ROI number that comes from it. Yeah. How totally. do you think about how do you think about that or have that conversation with folks who are wondering if the podcast is going to be worth it? Yeah. It's a great question. I I, I you're going to be disappointed in my answer maybe, but like it's it's ultra simple. And I was having a conversation with someone who, you know, people often come to us not only are starting but they want to actually get ROI from their podcast because most people don't stop podcasting, as you know, because of poor audio quality. They stop because they're not getting the return for the energy and time and money that they're spending on it. And so I had someone come to me, they were getting, they had over a million downloads. Okay. And they were not getting ROI. Hmm. And someone, they're like, what do I do? Should I talk to someone? Talk to Jeremy. I'm like, okay, I get on the phone with them. And so in their situation, this is like not a normal situation, right? They have a ton of downloads, but my point is they were not getting ROI even with a ton of downloads. People are like, oh, the holy grail. I just need more downloads. That's not a holy grail. It's, it's vanity metrics. So, so what? So you have a million downloads. So what? Like, let's say 10 million people listen to Zen Pilots podcast, The Agency Journey. I mean, you'd be able to, to command some sponsor dollars. That's cool. But let's say you couldn't get a sponsor, right? Probably less than 1% of those people are actually agency owners who could use your service. So does it really matter that a million people are listening for your business? It doesn't matter unless you're, and most people, that's what they think they're going to monetize the podcast. So the first thing is they think they're going to monetize the podcast through sponsorship. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so like the companies we work with have an actual business, 
you know, and so do you. It's typically a B2B type of business. So they have a higher client lifetime value. So for them to get one or two or three clients for the year, like pays for us for five years, right? So the metric is very simple. I mean, the metric is um, getting into conversations with your referral partners, collaboration partners, and having them have a vehicle for them to refer to you. Like it's so much easier for people to refer to you Right with a podcast, go, oh, talk to Joey Gilkey. He's awesome. You don't have to, Joey may not be looking for ClickUp right now. He may have clients looking for ClickUp, maybe not right now, but so let's grab a coffee. Let's do, I mean, it's, you could make that conversation and deliver value a lot more when you have that podcast. So back to your question about metrics, you know, the metric I look at is very simple. Okay. Cause I also had someone come to me and go, Jeremy, you know, we have this opt-in box, this opt-in, we offer this free opt-in and we're trying to figure out X number of percentage of people get this opt-in and, and, you know, after that, it converts to our core, whatever. I'm like, that's so complicated. Okay. It's very simple. Look at your podcast list. Like if I pulled up Inspired Insider right now and I said, who has recommended, and I, my metric is like, who's like just an amazing champion of me and recommends guests to me. You know, it's up to them once they are, let's say, on my show, they hear about what we do. I mean, I don't need to throw it in someone's face. People already know what you do, right? It's like, you don't have to like hit them over the head with it. You have a relationship with that person. It's about creating real relationships. So I can look at my guest list and go, who's referred me guests that are awesome. And maybe they even referred clients and maybe they even became a client. You so know, you're, as you guys look at this and maybe you don't do any type of active reporting, but I'm just, I'm coming obviously from the agency framework where we've got a retainer service for somebody. They're going to ask for some type of, or expect some type of monthly reporting. If I'm running your Facebook ads, here's your monthly report of whatever it was. Do you even give that, I would assume podcasters have access to see the download numbers or whatever, if they want hundred percent. But I haven't looked at my download numbers in probably yeah. six years. I mean, I have no idea. If you said, Jeremy, I'm going to give you a million dollars. If you give <laughs> you me exactly me. what your downloads are today, I could not tell you because it's not a metric that I care about. So okay? you, is there any ROI tracking that you do or is it because it sounds like it's more Hey, this is the feel like, are you getting referrals? Are you getting, and you know where my brain is, like I'm very data oriented. So yeah. I, want to, I want to break it down and figure out, okay. I mean, I could look, let's say, let's take your podcast for like, my metric is very simple. I could go on zenpilot.com. Well, right now I'm on topic sales, so I'm not on your okay. podcast page, yep. but yeah, let's go blog and then the interview topic. Okay. So I could go to zenpilot.com slash blog and go to the interview topic. So yep. it's very simple um, metric, right? So I can click on, so I'm seeing Jordan West here, who we, that's a mutual, I know Jordan, he's awesome. Um, but I can look and see your list, who is referred you someone, Yep. who has become a client, who has referred you guests, okay? Um, so that's a trackable thing that you don't need some like fancy automation or database. Like I could look through the past you know, 50 guests you've had and tell you, okay, this person is actually a client. This person has become a client. This person has referred me a client uh, or guests. And it's a very simple metric. And, and for you, if you get one, I mean, my opinion, if you get one or two clients for the year, 
it's, you know, you have a higher client lifetime value. So it's going to be worth it. And it's just, you know, year one, year two, year three, if you're having these strategic, like, let's say I have, you know, 52 people on this year and 10% of them refer me one person. That's only five people, but that doesn't matter. Then year two, year three, year four, I have another five people, another five people, another five people. So you don't need big numbers. It's not like a, you know, CPG company. If you're running Facebook ads, you need to generate like a thousand sales at $32 to make it worthwhile, you know? And, and again, like that's a, a real ROI base. People, people think in, yes, you want to get ROI, but like, I think of relationships. Who are these people have actually become like really good friends. I've become friends. Like you have Joey on there. I, I talked to him once a month. I mean, if it weren't for the podcast, maybe we would have never talked and we'll talk at least once a month and just chit chat about, you know, from a personal development or professional development standpoint, he's given me some really key sales advice because we're friends. Like that's, that's invaluable. Like the right. one piece of advice he's given me on that is worth doing the podcast for the year. Right. And so people want to see ROI, but, but also there is metrics that aren't tracked. It's like, you, you may have given me one thing. Like we talked about one thing on the podcast about time tracking and tracking time to projects. And I go back to John, like, you know, Gray mentioned this amazing, like, we need to be doing this time tracking. So it's granular. Like how valuable is that going to be to our business when we implement that, right? That's invaluable. That could be worth five years of me doing the podcast because of that one tip that you gave. So there is a professional development standpoint. You get to come on, right. you know, we are having this conversation. You go, you could ask me any question you want on how to improve your podcast right now. And so you're getting advice from people typically who've been doing something for decades. Right. So that's another, you know, again, I think in relationships, not like dollar signs typically. So for me, that that relationship and it's not like a warm and fuzzy like thing it's it's real a real thing that i can call on my network whenever i have an issue or have a problem right well you know? yeah i think i think the the takeaway obviously is how are you looking at that you may depending on how people are wired they may or may not want to have that tracked in another way internally in our clickup we've got a database for who our partners who our strategic partners are and you know that's a recurring task where depending on how close we are with somebody we'll touch you know if it's joey and we've also got shared clients back and forth and we'll touch base with them on a on a monthly basis at least if it's someone else who maybe we're not as as tight with or we're more loosely affiliated with touch base yeah. on a quarterly basis so we're probably more um organized or built it like there's there's more intentionality to a system behind it than maybe the average person is but i think so, so people with different tolerances for how they want to measure that or how much tracking they want to do to that. But I mean, let's uh, say, let's say you got no clients out of the podcast. Okay. Um, but let's say, I mean, you are having like a hiring question and you basically had on the top hiring experts on your podcast to get advice on it. I still think it's a hundred percent worthwhile right. to have a podcast. And a lot of people I know who are successful with a podcast and do it, have been doing it for a long time, would say, I'd do it if no one was listening. Right. Just for the professional development yeah. piece. And the fun. It's it's fun to talk to interesting people who know way more than you do about, like, I, I love being in those situations where you're clearly like this conversation. I'm clearly the dumbest person on the call. 
and it's yeah, I, I love learning from it. I don't um, know if that answers your question. It's not, maybe it wasn't what you expected, but I'm not. I'm not. I mean, I'm the common. Uh, I think feedback will come. Hey, what's your industry? What's a client worth? You know, if you're targeting clients who have a LTV that's a thousand dollars, you need a lot more downloads. Or you need a lot more people listening, or a lot more referrals, or more more stuff coming in. And if you're targeting a hundred k, you know, if you're in Joey's situation, you know, if their LTVs substantially higher than that, then you need. You can be fine with 10 downloads if it's the right 10 downloads. Um, you guys do video on all your podcasts? Yeah, I've been doing video for like 10 years. Yeah. You're ahead of the curve. I remember using Skype and Ecamm Call Recorder and at the time had really crappy internet when we started ours. And so video off was like a mandate just so that we could have clean audio coming out of it. How do you guys leverage the video in a way that uh, that makes it worth the work? Yeah, I mean... Also, I, yeah, I was using Ecamm Call Recorder, and I, I remember at the time, the PCs, like you could really, the, the, the files were so big. So I bought a Mac specifically at that time because it was just better files. But, um, and I always recorded video with people. And now it's normal, more normal because people are on Zoom. But then I had to kind of be like, no, I had to like walk them through, get a Skype account and whatever. But um, why do video versus not video? And actually, I was talking about this with a client the other day and they we've been working with them for a while they're like jeremy i'm thinking of adding video right and so i sometimes just try and talk people out of spending money with us if i don't think it's going to serve them so i said well, let me let me argue for video let me argue against video and you could decide if we should be doing video and and um you know because ultimately you're already they're already producing it with zoom <laughs> And so we are just thinking, what, what's the benefit? That's what you're asking. Okay. So, I mean, there's long-term benefits and short-term benefits. Okay. Now the, 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 not, the benefit of not doing it, the disadvantage of doing it is obviously it takes more time to produce. If we're helping someone, it's a push button thing. So they don't have to worry about that. But if we are doing it, it's going to cost additional money to do it. And typically when we're doing it, we will just take it we will clean up, you know, make it look nicer, lower third, upper thing, all that. We'll go into their YouTube channel, post it there, put the description stuff, and then embed it in the blog post. So it's totally hands off, but there's an extra cost. So the, the downside is extra cost for our clients because they don't have to do any extra work, really. The upside, so if you're, if you're producing yourself, obviously there's a time involved in, in doing all that and team's time, whatever. Um, the upside of video, and this is why I do video. And, and I would say people, even if you're only, as you do, like if you're only producing the audio, you'd still record it, the video, you should still do it on video. Cause it's just more personal when you're talking to the person, you can see them, but why you should do video is also more of a longer term approach because as we know, Google owns YouTube, right? So all the videos and things you're putting on YouTube start to rank. I, I mean, I've, there's people on my podcast, if you search their name, I am four search results on the first page of Google Yeah, for their name. I'm the second, I did this, I was looking up someone the other day, I'm the second, I'm the fourth, I'm a second for my website, Inspired Insider, I'm the fourth because of a podcast channel, I am further down because my YouTube video shows up in right. the first page. So there's a SEO benefit and I am 
by no means an SEO expert. I know enough to be dangerous, but there's an SEO benefit to having it. And you start ranking for, I've ranked for other people's names, their company names. So people are searching for them. They find me. Um, I think, and, and I don't think that's necessarily the, the number one reason to do it, but that is a, a big benefit. The second one is it's just more personal. Even if someone doesn't um, watch the video, like if you go to you know, one of my posts on Inspired Insight and you click on it or, or someone shares it on social media and they go to the post. When you go to the post, it has a nicely written paragraph. It's got a video thumbnail. It's got a video there and you could see me. Even if someone only listens to it, there is a personal connection there with seeing someone, with seeing me. So you, you look at, um, I uh, just published Jonathan Jacobs, who's also an agency owner. Um, he runs Digital Natives Group. And you go on there, my pick, you know, there's a big embed code and you can see my face. You could scroll right past it and then click the, the audio embed or look at the, just read the, the post, read the bullets or whatever. But you see me there and there's a, that personal connection. And that's, for me, it's more about that personal connection than like yeah. SEO or something SEO. like that. Are you just taking those in any cases and chopping those? I mean, that's the common reason that I see people advocate for it is, hey, we can take those, we can chop it up. And if you're a massive company and if you're the ringer and you're producing content and then you want to take a snippet out of a podcast that was, hey, this piece is social media worthy. Now we're going to share it out. Um, yeah. Have you guys played with that at all at this point? Yeah, we do that. And we, we do that for clients too, where we'll take all of our writers because they're writing the post, look at what is a good um, section. So they'll pick out a, like a 30 to 60 second section that is you know, more profound because there's a lot of stuff like in a 30 to 40 minute interview, they'll pick out that section and then we will take a clip and create like a dynamic audio from that. And then we'll actually post it on social media. So we do those personally for all our episodes and then clients who want us to do that. The, the thing is with that also, Gray, I would say the same thing about doing the podcast. Well, it's a way to attract, you know, if you're putting it on LinkedIn or whatever the case is, engagement, but I don't do, you know, that's not predictable, right? I can't, if let's say like I have 15,000 LinkedIn connections and you have 500. Well, is it worth doing it if you have like 250 connections? And I would say yes, because I'm not go, I'm not basing it off of downloads or you know engagement. I'm going off of this is a piece of content that the guest that you have on is going to be proud of sharing that you can now just another way of giving to your guest. So just my audience is giving to Gray. Like if no one listened to the podcast, Gray, I still would make introductions for you um, because you've been on my show. And I will put it onto my, you know, one will come out of you of that um, short clip. Yep. Um, so, I, I mean, it makes that relationship go further. And of course, you're going to have the side benefit of the engagement. It makes it easier for you to share. Oh, cool. Jeremy put out this like 30 second clip and you can easily right. share it on your social media. Well, yeah, two really tactical questions off of that. One is, are you guys just doing the audiograms or are you actually taking the video from the podcast as well and well, putting captions over that? Um, we do both, but uh, most people don't do video. So, yeah, yeah, so, it is so it's mostly a, you know, kind of the dynamic audio. So there's not right. a video piece. 
Um, and even people who have video, the, um, you know, I still sometimes just recommend doing the dynamic audio. We're like, right. yeah, we could do the video part, but like, you know, when you have a 30, 60 second clip, we can just accomplish the same exact thing without using the video also. So right. I don't think you need video for those personally. Okay. That makes sense. Well, yeah, even yeah. if you use video, just because so much of that stuff gets consumed on mobile, you want to throw captions over it. It has to be so captioned. Exactly. Yeah. And someone maybe we talked about this, John, and I talked about this. We did a LinkedIn live that will be a podcast episode. And we talked about this very thing, which it's key to have that captions because you may be at work and you don't want the sound blaring, like, right. or you may be in bed at night, just scrolling through and yeah. people Surprise. consume it. Right. Yeah. Um, as you, um, as you're using the, or with those clips themselves, are you sending the actual video files? This is really technical, but are you actually sending the video files to the guests or are you just posting those and they can No, we, we post it and tag right. them so they can share it. You'll have to download it and re I mean, we've had, yeah, we've had, I mean, it's rare where someone's like, hey, can I have that file to share it on mine? And of course I'm like, yeah, sure, of course. Right. I mean, right. people have asked for the full interview. They're like, can I share it on my, and they've created it. I'm like, yeah, of course. Well, that's it's, right. It's fine. But most of yeah, it's it's 99% of the time it's just shared on ours and then make it easy for them to share on theirs as well. Right. Awesome. Well, this has been uh, really helpful. I appreciate you going deep and let me let me pick your brain um on on where this goes. Uh folks want to learn more about uh Rise 25. Obviously, we've got Insider um or Inspired Insider as well. But give us real quickly links, best places to go, um, to speak more, to reach out to you. Uh, if someone's looking at either taking their podcast to the next level or starting a podcast. Yeah, you can go to rise25.com. We have uh, a video on there. We talk about, you know, how do you get ROI with the podcast? Mm -hmm. And you can always, uh, there's a contact page in, or you can go to inspiredinsider.com and check out some of the interviews. And there's a contact page there where you can just email me. Awesome. I'm happy thanks to answer any questions. Yeah, thanks for coming on, Jeremy. I appreciate it. Thank you. 